Like that? Tell the people that phony water is back. Like that? Tell the people that phony water is back. Like that? Tell the people that phony water is back. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Triumvirate. I'm your host for the first half of today's show. This is Carlos. I'm with my brothers. Say hola, guys. Hola, Dora. <laughs> Hello, hola. <laughs> no, todo pinche <laughs> As you can see, we're in in better spirits. The Niners continue their winning ways, and it's payback from 2019. I guess you can say, in a way, the Niners take down the Dirty Birds, as I like to refer to them, um, in a very close uh, game in the sense of our score predictions, because it, it wasn't close at, um, at Levi Stadium. Uh, the 49ers pull out the win, 31 to 13. Uh, and let's just get right into it. Um, Pablo, what do you have to say about the game? I'll start off by giving props to to Jimmy G. Um, he he played one of his cleanest games, uh, and I know we'll get into more of the details of that. But so I'll highlight Jimmy G. I think other than special teams, as we were mentioning right before we started recording, other than special teams, it was. Uh, uh, a, a very good team win on offense and defense. Um, I think we just got have to accept that special teams are going to be our weakness. But you know what? You know, the Falcons, they were a bad team. We all predicted the 49ers to win, including the GPM. And, and we didn't think it would be close. And, and you know, we saw it on the field. The Falcons are just not a very good team right now. So the, the Niners took care of business. And that's what you got to do if you want to, make some noise in the dance and, and be considered legit playoff contender. I think that, I think there's a storm coming with Pablo praising Jimmy G. Hold on, everybody. <laughs> Save it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we now improved to eight and six. The GPM is also now eight and six. Uh, we have an 83.2% chance of making the dance, getting the tickets, our ticket punched. Uh, what do you think, Tony? What was your instant reaction to the game? Uh, it was pretty much like like Paula says what we expected, right? Expected the 49ers to dominate, and it's a good sign that they did so. They're you could say they're they're kind of getting hot at the right time. I think teams around the league don't really want to face the 49ers, you know, team that's getting getting you know on the come up. And I will say that my score prediction was I think the closest. The final score for the game was 31-13, and my fi- my score prediction was 30 to 14. So that's probably the closest I've been all year. Besides that, it's been pretty bad. Our, our score prediction. <laughs> I, I know that the Niners score score. I think I called it thirty-one twenty-one. So I, I was right yeah. on the Niners score, but way off on the. But every week, Carlos says that <laughs> halftime Trey Lance will come in and save the day. And yeah. <laughs> now I, I had a for some re- weird reason I did have a feeling that he was going to play against the Bengals, but it didn't happen. No, no. And I don't think I said that for the Falcons game. But no. anyway. And Pablo, um, I was gonna say Pablo highlighted Jimmy G. I'll, I'll, and we'll get in, into it more. I'll highlight Kyle Shanahan, and I, I thought his play calling was was spot on throughout the entire game. For a second, I thought you were gonna highlight Federico, <laughs> and and him too, my boy. <laughs> now nah, it's too late. You skipped him. Um, now what I will say is I think I agree with uh, what uh, Tony was saying. I think Pablo may have touched on it as well. Was that you know what we are. The 49ers are, are taking care of business in the sense that they're not playing down to um, the weaker teams or the, the teams are, are we, that we consider to be inferior that we should handle, right? Uh, these are the makings of a good team, uh, but I'm just not uh, convinced that we're, you know, ready to make 
a, a long push in the playoffs if we get there. Uh, chances are we that we do, but I wouldn't go out and call it Super Bowl contenders just yet or anything like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. We've, we've, played, we've played pretty bad teams, and and we actually lost to Seattle. Yep. Uh, you know, we caught the Bengals on one of their low games, I would say, and the Falcons are just bad. So, um, but you know, again, you know, we, we took care of business. Don't want to take too much away from that. No, yeah. Like I said, I think, uh, give credit where credit is due. I yeah. think, you know, we, we handled, we took care of business. We, we, like I keep saying, um, and Jimmy G was sharp. So let's get into that discussion here already, since we've already touched on it a few times and. Uh, so uh, Jimmy G, that's the word that we kept hearing or reading on Twitter. That look, he's looking sharp. He's this is the sharpest he's ever looked. This is his best, best performance. You know, Jimmy G lit it up with 235 yards passing and a touchdown. <laughs> so, um, I th- I think where the the uh, the the notion that he looked sharp was coming from was that he didn't make. Um, any bone hit a mistake except for one, which I will point out in the first drive, our first possession, uh, he was getting pressured. The pocket was collapsing around him, and I think he panicked a bit and he just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of threw it out of desperation. Got pretty, last... got pretty lucky. Yeah, yeah we pretty... did. He threw it out of desperation last minute, and he even got up, kind of, you know, you know, pounding his chest, saying that was on me, that was on me. Um, so. But besides that, he did look, you know, I, I guess you can say by by his standards, sharp. You know, he, he was, you know, making decisive throws. The ball had more zip or um, and he just wasn't um, like way over throwing players or anything. So I, I, I will say he, he did have a solid all around game. Um, I, I didn't have much negative to say during the game outside of that one um erratic throw or just a um, last minute throw that he tried to force. But uh, other than that, how did you guys see this sharp Jimmy? I, I'll go first. Uh, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. His percent complete was 78%. He took care of the ball and it was 78% complete. And I think there was a few drops too. So that could have easily been up in the eighties uh, percentile there. Um I think the best compliment I could give Jimmy G is that he is playing the Alex Smith role to a T, which is to take care of the football, be smart with it. Don't make the boneheaded mistakes. He tried to make a boneheaded mistake, but we got, <laughs> we got fortunate there. Um, you know, per, per PFF, this is one of his highest graded games at 88. And the last six games, he's got a 70% completion rate, uh, 8.81 yards per attempt. 10 touchdowns, three interceptions. Of course, we mentioned the interceptions that get away from defenses sometimes. So, you know, in general, I think I probably speak for all of us. He's not changing my mind on him taking a step forward or all of a sudden now being our franchise quarterback. He's the same Jimmy G. It's just that, you know, if and when we get to the playoffs, the teams will take it. The teams that are there, maybe not the first wild card game because, you know, some more teams were allowed to make it that maybe shouldn't. But the teams that we play in the playoffs, they'll take advantage. They, they'll get those easy interceptions. Um, it, it won't be so easy. And that's when you need a quarterback that can rise uh, above the team and carry the team on their back. Right now, Jimmy G, as I saw someone say on Twitter, he's like a point guard. He's distributing the ball to the best players and let them make the plays. Just don't, just don't mess it up, basically. So, that, you know, he's still the same, the same guy. He's just, 
he he is on a roll with this team. This offensive line's played pretty well. Everyone's actually stayed healthy for the most part. And Shanahan, I think he's gotten into a groove. So so the offense is uh, is rolling. They're doing really well. But I don't know if that's something that can be sustainable in the playoffs. That's that's where I'm where I'm wondering. But but we're not there yet. We got a few games left. But those are just my thoughts on, on Jimmy G. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, I mean, man, the, the way people t- talk about Jimmy G on Twitter, you think he's having like a MVP type season and putting up crazy numbers. I mean, the the fan base is so complacent with with, with having such an average quarterback, you know, just because we haven't had a franchise one in, in so long. And like Paulo said, you know, credit to Jimmy G. Yeah, he had a good game, you know, 235 yards, one touchdown. He got the ball to the playmakers and, you know, didn't make any big mistakes, got a lucky here and there. But I think Pablo mentioned it. He's the same quarterback week in and week out. You know, sometimes he'll get lucky on the on the interceptions. But besides that, he, he's really not progressing or, or wowing me. But, you know, he, he's on a roll, and I hope he keeps it up. Um, yeah, I think um, what, what, something that Pablo touched on was the playoffs. So, you know, if we do make it, I think that's where um, – if we we face like an Aaron Rodgers and the Packers or or you know even the you know the Buccaneers and, and Brady right where we know it's going to involve a shootout and I think that's where the 49ers may struggle is we we can't uh, hit a deep home run you know bomb streak pass or even a corner post or anything like that and I think that's the only thing that's really missing from Jimmy G's game. Um, but I mean, I agree with you guys and I, I know, um, we're, we're probably in the minority, but you know, he ain't it in my opinion, in terms of, you know, you know, giving him the franchise, which I, you know, we, we almost did in a sense with the, with the contract he got. But, um, I think, I think we, we drafted Trey Lance for a reason, um, which we'll touch on again later on. But, uh, to me, um, uh, he, he's he's been efficient, but no, nothing more, more, nothing more than that. Nothing more than than you know, connecting where where he needs to go with the ball, uh, but not, nothing expected or like wow or anything like that. Um, but going on, um, Jeff Wilson Jr. did look like his old self. I will say, in the absence of Eli, Elijah uh, Mitchell. Uh, he he did look uh, like he was running with more purpose. He looked more more explosive. But to me, I don't know if, it, if it's just me, but I noticed a big difference from Mitchell to Wilson Jr. It's just in terms of how we're, we run the ball and how much more explosive Mitchell is. Um, what do you guys think about Wilson's Jr. performance? Yeah, I I thought he he looked well. I think he, you know he's finally starting to I guess fully more come back from the injury. I know people were expecting this right away when he was coming back, but he, he had a pretty serious injury and this was more, more like he was last season. Um, as far as the difference between Mitchell and Wilson in this game, I mean, they look, they look pretty similar in, in this game. Um, I think they both have a similar, similar speeds. I think Wilson's just uh, a little bit stronger. And I think, I think he breaks more tackles. than Mitchell. I think so. I think you got it the other way around, man. What's going on here? No, I think I think, I think Jeff Wilson Jr. is more uh, of like a, I guess, a tackle breaker than than Elijah Mitchell. I mean, they're they're both good at it. I I think Wilson Jr. is just slightly above. 
I, th I guess we'd have to take a look at the statistics, but I know Mitchell was leading in that category. And even when we saw him live, I was surprised because he's not that big. Uh, I, I agree. Wilson is pretty good at breaking tackles as well this year. Like we said, way earlier in the season when he was barely coming back, you know, we kind of said temporary expectations. He's coming back from a knee injury. I think this is the best he's looked. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's not at a hundred percent yet, but uh, he, he definitely took some steps forward and, and hopefully he can continue to, to get closer to being a hundred percent because I'm worried about Mitchell now, you know, he's going to be out again and they're calling it the concussion and, I, was it the a knee? I, I forget what his other. Yeah, so is, so but. so now it looks like Mitchell he's cleared the concussion concussion protocol. Uh, he's cleared it, <laughs> but now which is easier to clear than the concussion. <laughs> <laughs> so so now he's just it's just dependent okay. on his knee. It took uh, a few weeks though to clear it though, right? It did, yeah, yeah. I think it did. This, I mean, th this is the first uh, week, right? Since since being hurt that he he cleared it. Yeah, uh, but now it's it's just like a, um, I think it was Matt Barrows that said it. It hinges on his knee being ready to go. Um, but no, I I think I, I disagree with Tony and agree with Pablo here. I I find Mitchell the more explosive back in the back. Yeah, that um, I I you know he'd be carrying defenders or, or you know after the first contact, you thought it was over and he'd still push for another three four yards extra. Exactly. Um, my concern with Mitchell though, similar to Moster, is he just can't seem. Right. to stay healthy and um that's the problem right like you you think you have a back like a moster that explosive we we found our workhorse and he's hurt mitchell same similar story i mean Brita he, was the same way Brita, I, yeah. I think it's just the issue with more so with the offense i mean it's really really a heavy load on the running back right you know like look at mitchell you, you had a surgery i think on his hand and had a couple other injuries same with you know wilson jr it, it's a it's a pretty big load to carry no, which has a, a lot to running backs like like Frank Gore, right? Like, that's Frank what I'm saying. He, that, that, but I mean, Frank Gore is a different breed. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I mean, uh, you know, you you when you find a, a back, you know, like a Gore, you know, what, that is reliable, or you can count on. Um, not to say that Mitchell isn't, but he's at least right now showing that he, his availability is not that consistent. Mm -hmm. um, but I I definitely think that the uh, the running game is at a different level. Even if it's a little yeah. bit when when Mitchell's in there compared now, to the other I, backs. I think it's a pretty big difference right now. Wilson's just not 100%. It's a big no, difference. Yeah. To, to your point, though, and I know we're going to talk about this in terms of Shanahan's personnel management. I, I don't understand why he doesn't rotate our running backs a bit more, you know, with hasty Wilson and Mitchell when they're all in there. You know, just why are you giving a rookie so many carries? Just kind of let him have a breather here and there. It just seems like he sticks with them, mm -hmm. he, even even though he, you know you're kind of risking some injury there. I think it's just more so with like the the flow of the game, and if they're they're kind of have the the hot hand, right? They kind of just give them give them more of the carries, which I think we've seen in in past seasons with with Coleman and Mostert. Well, that's where I'm I'm trying to remember. I feel like he would he would rotate the running backs more in the past. Well, well, I mean, right? when, when there was Moster, Coleman, right. and, and even Brita. I mean, at one yeah. point, at one point, we weren't sure, okay, who who's the, exactly, the yeah. legit starter? Is it Brita? Is it Moster? Like, what is but it? Then, but then Brita started fumbling, and that's when Moster took over. No, so but then the, Coleman was still there. Remember, he was Coleman, starting Coleman, Coleman over Moster, even though Moster Col was a hot hand. Yeah, Coleman was, Coleman was just a favorite. But, yeah, but, I think so. But Hasey has a fumbling problem, at, and 
even at running back, he tends to fumble. I think it has it hasn't been often where um due to injury, but I think if Mitchell and Wilson Jr. are both healthy, I think he'll he'll rotate them a lot more or he'll use them um in different packages at the same time. I just think that uh, maybe Shanahan just the trust level from uh, Mitchell and Wilson down to Hasty and anybody else kind of drops in terms of yeah. ball protection or what they can do with do with the right. rock, but. Well, in a way, you know, hopefully this is giving Mitchell some rest and he'll be fresh because he's definitely the workhorse. And if we can get him, you know, the Niners have a really good chance of making the playoffs anyway. You know, it almost doesn't, to me, it almost doesn't matter where we end up. We're mm-hmm. not going to get that bye anymore. Yeah. Um, try no. to try to rest up uh, Mitchell and see if he can be fresh. Uh, running backs, it makes a huge difference when they're fresh, man. It does. It does, and, and I think as as we're talking about ex- explosive running backs, <clears throat> uh, Debo, man, he can he continues uh, to impress, um, um, and just his overall awesome breakout year that he's having, man, he's really stepped up. Beast. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think more mm-hmm. more people were expecting Ayuk to have a big year, and I think Debo has just made it. You know, you know, the offense almost runs through Debo. Uh, he's the first 49ers since 2013 uh, to have at least 12 touchdowns. The last player was Vernon Davis in 2013. Yeah, and what's crazy is that Debo has seven rushing touchdowns to his five receiving touchdowns. Right. Shannon has uh, gotten away from throwing the ball to him. <laughs> I was going to say what, what's crazy to me is he broke 1,000 receiving yards in just eight games, man. So just – you know, yeah. ha- half a season and then just converted to a, a running back. And I mean, you can argue, I-, I think he's like, you could almost argue he's almost like a top five running back when he has the ball. It's pretty crazy. You can also say that Trey Lance contributed to that because he threw him uh, that deep throw that where he was wide open down the sideline. And scored. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but Debo, I mean, when he, when he does get uh, either a toss or, or a handoff, um, I, I feel like his acceleration is very much like up there, you know, up to par with other you know running backs around the league. I don't yeah. know if I would say top five, but I uh, I would argue it. But I, I definitely think you know he he definitely has you know <laughs> uh, definitely much more explosiveness mm-hmm. than than Sermon. Um, oh but, yeah, you know, you know yeah. he he looks he looks very much powerful. I, I, I think if Debo really really wanted to. I think he can definitely just convert full time to a running back, right? Um, but I, I think just his, his versatility of being receiver running back is awesome. I think he he's a very unique right. um, weapon to have. And I, I I will say I think he has similar acceleration, maybe not as much, but to Moster, which I think why he's so effective because yeah. he he gets to the the sideline at right like the perfect time, right? Like our, our lineman's at the edge and he gets there right at the perfect time to kind of just. Like just um, barely pass on through, and like you said, he's powerful, man. He he knocked the one of the the safety or corner knocked his mouthpiece out. And I know Pablo was touching on it on resting running backs. Kyle Shanahan needs to really be careful with with Debo. He he's you know arguably our best player on offense, and he was running him up the middle with you know like a couple of minutes left in the game while we were up. 31 to, to 14. Three possessions, man. That, yeah, it was. Right. It, it, and we'll touch on that more. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think definitely as we saw um, against, I think it was the Seahawks, right? Debo was out. I mean, it, it's it's his presence is felt when he's out there. 
Yep. I mean, when it, when he has the ball in his hands, you know he's gonna either you know truck somebody or it, it, it's gonna be a, a dog pile trying to take him down. He knocked the mouthpiece out of one. Of <laughs> yeah, the that's what Tony was saying. Yeah, it was went flying. It was like uh, <laughs> reminded me of a Rocky Balboa movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. I mean, as you're watching it live, it was like, oh, it was like one, of, one of one of those. Yeah, uh, and an- another beast that's hard to tackle is Kittle. Man, uh, again, he, he was seven yards, uh, seven yards short of breaking uh, 100 yards uh, receiving. Uh, you know, he continues to be a, a key factor in the run game and blocking. He had a, a key block that helped uh, Juice get into the end zone. Um, and I think um, he's also having a, a phenomenal year. I think earlier in the in the season, I think Paulo was alluding maybe we should consider trading Kittle. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> because it's true. I mean, every, every year he he is injury prone. But yeah, and we prone. and he's getting paid to be a yeah, top he tight is. end, right? And he, right, was, right. he was also dropping passes. And, yeah, and which which he's turned around. He's actually like grabbing everything that's thrown his way. Yeah, yeah, right. And these past few games, I mean, he's he's been on fire in terms of you know how important you know you know he is to the offense in terms of his, just his overall you know blocking ability and receiving ability, and especially you know yards after the catch. I think he just gets t- the, his teammates fired up with his you know just the fight he has to continue to to you know push for more yards. Um. So yeah, it's it's been great seeing Kittle and Debo out there at the same time. Uh, there was a, a while there, I think, especially last year when we, we couldn't seem to get them both healthy at the same time. So um, it, it was awesome to see. Um, let's see here. Uh, another you know, uh, interesting uh, or, I guess, fun trivia fact here. Uh, in uh, with, with this last game, Kittle is now 150 yards away from also breaking 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, if that happens... Uh, Debo and Kittle would be the first, uh, I guess, duo or tandem on the team to each uh, break a thousand yards, going all the way back to when Owens and Rice were playing at the same time. God dang, back in '98. Man. Yeah, man, that's Tony was one year old. <laughs> I was one. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but I mean, D- Debo and Kittle, I'm not surprised just with the type of players they are, and you know how how hard they work and how their play style. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and there, there's three games left, so it's, it's very, very, you know, doable or possible um, to, to do that. And, and another record that's that's uh, that we're all keeping track of is the 49ers single season sack record. Nikki B. Uh, Nikki B. Yeah. Right again, this past game, one sack, forced fumble, uh, you know, which which was recovered by Fred Warner. This time, he he finally took uh, the the Christmas gift from Nikki B. He kept trying to hand them, but uh, yeah, Nick Bosa, he, he just continues to uh, to deliver week in, week out, man. MVP, I mean, MVP on our defense. <laughs> for sure. I think, you know, uh, you know he's going to get double teamed. You know he's going to get attention. He's going to get chipped or whatever it is, but he still manages to generate pressure and get to the quarterback. And at this point, I know we've all thrown out there, you know, comeback player of the year, but... I mean, I think he should at least be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. I mean, definitely, you know, possibly first team all pro. And I mean, yeah. if he doesn't if he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, something is wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean the, the Pro Bowl itself is kind of you know funky sometimes, but you know, he he better make it. And he's chasing Alden Smith's record on the Niners, which is what, nineteen sacks? I think it's nineteen and a half. And yeah. I think and Nick Nick B is at I think 
with that 15. one sack against yeah Matt Ryan, he's at fifteen now. Wait, he, he'll have one extra game to do it, right? Right. Uh, something um, that's something to keep. I mean, it'd be nice. That's true too. Whether that's it's an extra too. game or not, but. but I mean, that just shows that that's a pretty crazy. That was Alvin Smith's, I think, rookie season too, right? That's uh, that was... uh, I, I think it might have been his rookie season, uh, but then also every let's keep in mind that no Alden Smith Cowboy. Had, had, yeah had a Cowboy yeah, Justin, Justin Smith and but I, I mean think... still still nineteen and a half sack is, is pretty crazy just in itself. Yeah, I mean because the the so the sack leader unless I missed it is still Michael Strahan was like twenty two or twenty two yeah. sacks. I think so. Yeah, for the the single season record, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I think Nicky B right now overall he's second overall in, in sacks, but he's like top two in all the important categories in terms of tackles for loss, pressures, sacks. Uh, so he he's he's definitely uh, showing he was worth the number two overall pick. So um, another surprise, or I guess you know, a player that's really stepping it up is Arden Key. Uh, he's getting after the quarterback. He had a big hit on Matt Ryan. That resulted in a sack, and I thought it was, was just a, a BS call. I got called back for roughing the passer. And uh, I don't know, what did you think about that call, Pablo? Yeah, I mean, the, the, it, it's it's a ticky-tacky call. Um, I, I understand why the ref called it. The, from my understanding of the rules before the season started, so before the season starts, they, they send all teams, the NFL sends them tapes of, what they're going to call in terms of breaking the rules, right? So for the quarterback, they're going to say, they'll show you video of like, if it's, you know, below the knees, it's a foul. If you hit him after he throws the ball and they'll actually show clips of it. One of them is you can't have your full body weight land on the quarterback. Um, You have to like show that you're rolling off of him or that you're trying not to. So in this case, you know, he gets him from behind and lands on him with his full body weight. You know, but, you know, he was just trying to dive at him. So I, I understood why the ref called it. But the thing with, that bothers me with refs is they're just not consistent. You know, you'll see it called in one game, not in another, or even within the same game. So you just have to be ready. The, the officiating have, has been really bad this year. And yeah, you just I have agree. to be ready to overcome the refs. They're just going to make those stupid calls. Yeah, I thought the call was BS, but... Like Paulo said, the, the rule is clear. You're not supposed to, I guess, land with your full weight on the on the quarterback, which I feel it's kind of hard to do in some situations, like like this one, where you know that's just kind of the way it played out, right? You know, it's 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 a fast yeah. game. He just he gets there, and I, I don't know. It's kind of I don't know what you expect him to do. Kind of like fall to the side. If anything, I thought his first sack was was the one that was actually counted was more violent, where he like grabbed them and swung them around and and threw them down, but. I don't know. It, it, it's ticky tacky, like like Pablo said. Yeah, I think. I mean, the refs have to look at intent. Like, I think in this particular sack that we're talking about, you know, Arden Key uh, was coming off of a block, and you know, Matt Ryan ha- had you know been holding onto the ball for some time, so he kind of felt okay. He's about to release it, so he just dove as a last, you know, last dive or last opportunity or whatever you want to call it. Uh, last try to to get him, so it, it wasn't like he was intentionally trying to pick up Ryan and like you know maliciously injure him by you know jumping up on top of him. I think it was just like a last minute, like I gotta get to him, I'm gonna dive, and he dove. And uh, to me, it, it was just a BS call because it gave them the first down and it ended up the Falcons ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. But um, you know, 
we're going to see, as Paulo says, I just really hope that the refs find some sort of consistency because what you were, what uh, you hate to see is that they, they make all these calls and then come playoffs or, or, you know, NFC championship yeah. or Super Bowl, then they start swallowing their whistle and they don't start calling things when they've been calling it all year. So they just got to be consistent, man. But also, I guess in that sense, I feel like a, a good team knows. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess postseason is different discussion, right? Uh, yeah, because like you said, they, they tend to to kind of just let them play. Yeah, I feel like you, you you kind of have to know in that situation. But I guess that's a, a discussion for another time. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. If we um, get there, <laughs> that's oh, right. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, Fred Warner, uh, I think this was probably his, his uh, best game yet. You know, he got the fumble recovery called by Nicky B. Caused by Nicky B. Uh, he was leading in, in, in tackles, I think, uh, in team tackles so far, right? Yeah, and um, I think in that game he he led in tackles. He had the fumble recovery, and he had that that pass breakup for that was uh, on the first drive of the game for that would have been a touchdown. Uh, he had the pass breakup. Yeah, like you said, I think it was his best game of the season. It's kind of what we were expecting when we gave him the contract to kind of play at the level he was playing last year. So hopefully hopefully he keeps it up. Did he break up the pass or did the guy drop it? <laughs> well, he, he was there. He was He was there. I would remember he was in bad position because he was actually behind the Yeah, he was. He was behind. But oh, boy. He got his hand. Hello, <laughs> boy. Hey, we, yeah. we gotta be pickier on these. On these, uh, <laughs> to me, I, 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 I got think, the big contracts. That's I true. think Warner is solid, no doubt about it. He's solid, yeah. he's a, a great, you know, leader, and, and the team will listen to him. My only knock on, on Warner as, as him being a linebacker, especially with Patrick Willis being inducted into the 49ers Hall of Fame, he's not it, the same, he's, he's not, not the same, not but, the same. What I, but what I'm different saying, different linebacker, my, my knock where he needs to practice or, or refine his game, Warner, is just in his tackling because I feel. He does make the tackle, but man, he's getting like rolled over and trucked over. But that—that's because it's because of his size. I mean, Patrick Willis was just like a a physical. Like he he was a bigger linebacker, a stronger linebacker. I will say that 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 is a good knock on on Warner. He's like a smaller, faster linebacker, and I think on you saw it on one of the plays where he, I, I think they, I don't know if the Falcons scored or they he he kind of got trucked almost. And it was kind of like, man, if that was Patrick Willis, that guy's going backwards. There's no way, like you know. It yeah. It's good to see him, see him inducted. Yeah. So I mean, that, that was awesome. I think Patrick Willis' career was was short lived, only seven years. I wish he would have played longer, and we would have got a ring. But um, so th- that was all the good, everything we mentioned, all the the key players. Uh, let's move on to the ugly, which is the cornerbacks, uh, specifically Norman and. Uh, Ambry Thomas, and then our special teams continues to just suck bad, man. Um, so with the special teams, as we all know, they, they right off the bat, it's going to turn into a very, very ugly game in which Hasty not once but twice. So first, in the very first opening kickoff, he fumbled the ball, gave it right to the carry, right, you know, to the Falcons in a very, very short field, and then. Uh, shortly thereafter, at least in the second or third kickoff that he received, like he he lost track of the ball, he didn't catch it, so it bounced, and he tried to get it, and it hit him, and it went out of bounds. And we well, started. He was he was completely lost because when mm-hmm. when the ball bounced off of him and it was rolling, he was like not sure if he should get it or not. 
Yeah, I and don't then know he, what uh, he's doing. He just kind of let it go out of bounds, but it's like all of a sudden he was on the punt team, letting it roll. I mean, it made no sense. The other team could have got there and picked it up, and and that would have been that would have been where they started off. Yeah, so I I don't know, uh, you know, the the special it would have teams been a turnover right there. It's it's been a month or more cons- straight where we consistently struggle. Pretty much the whole season, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I agree the more, the whole season, but more so these past mm-hmm. four or five games have been yep. like, like every single game these past, uh, going back to the, to the, um, I think to the Vikings game, there has been one or two negative special teams plays, either a missed field goal, uh, poor kickoff returns or just fumble it's just been ugly and i don't know if high tower is doing anything i don't know if shana has no, he needs to go fundamentals seem I, fundamentals don't seem to be there i i, I tweeted it during the game i think richard high tower needs to be fired i mean that's just it, it's ridiculous you know he's Especially, a shanahan friend though he's a shanahan no, but he he needs to go and, and what i still understand is that on our kickoffs we kick it super short i mean yeah is it just me i don't we think kick, it's by design i just think i just think they can't get it to the end zone I don't well know it's it a mix though sometimes i see him kick it into the end zone and then sometimes I, know. I don't so either either whoever's kicking it which i need to pay more attention to i don't know if it's been gold or if it's always Wisnowski. been wishnowski but sometimes it's in the end zone sometimes it's not it's super and short then with gold, when I was watching the 49 hours episode from the Bengals, it seemed to me like he was grimacing a bit after he would kick it. It's like, is he hurt or not? No one's saying was, anything about that. He was just, he just knew he was going to miss. That's why he grimaced. <laughs> it just seems he's just been off. And, you know, if it's an injury, maybe, maybe there's hope he, he gets better. But if, if he just sucks, then it's not good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, with, with the corners, I mean, I guess all that you can say it's it's Norman and Ambry Thomas because I mean luckily the the Falcons didn't go deep early on, but I mean Which I don't uh, understand. But once again, once again, right? <laughs> I, I thought Matt Ryan might just take it upon himself, but every time he'd throw it up, I don't even remember the receiver's name number fourteen. Gabe. It's no names. Yeah, win it. Ambry Thomas even during the pit when he almost intercepted it, he tried to give it to the receiver. <laughs> I, 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 will, <laughs> yeah. I will say with, with Thomas, he. He's not getting completely burnt. He, he's in the right spots, but he was just mm. getting lost. He was getting, <laughs> at the at the point of attack. I, I don't think he's that tall, so uh, he was he was just kind of getting. Uh, it, on that I don't understand just... what they saw in this guy at all. Yeah, he doesn't the, look good. The size isn't there. It's like you're saying, okay, he's rusty, but the size isn't there. He doesn't seem to be quick uh, with his with his back pedal or, or recovery. He, he's he's holding on to receivers and they're still get, catching the ball. Yeah, yeah, it, it so, didn't look good. Uh, I mean, what? I, despite the corners, oh, we we do gotta give some credit here. What do you guys think? But Demico Ryan's. I mean, we had a, what was it? At least three big goal line stands where we we yeah. you know we we uh, held the Falcons on that fumbled kickoff. The Falcons had a short field, but uh, we we held them. Uh, they, they they didn't score. So what are you guys making of of Demico Ryan here? Is it just that we've played uh, the right teams, or do you see some improvement going on? I I'll say that I think we we we've matched up well against the teams and the Falcons just aren't a good team or else they would have taken yeah. more advantage of the corners. I thought we were kind of sloppy. I, I, the Falcons did dominate, I think, on time of possession or, or it seemed like to me throughout the the game we, close. We, we 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 couldn't get off on third downs and it, it was a little yeah. bit frustrating. But like you said, that you know they they had some really crazy goal line stands. So credit to the to the defense on there. They they held when they needed to to hold, but. I mean, 
if we if we do expect to try to make any any kind of push in the playoffs, I mean, that the, the just the third downs we we need to get off on third downs. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I agree with you, Tony. I think we just we've matched up well. Look at against Seattle, we didn't look good at all, right? That's a good coach and a good quarterback. The Bengals coach and the Atlanta Falcons coach is not; they have not been good. Uh, and I think it's mainly been our D line with Bosa and Key. Mm-hmm. There was one play where the receiver was wide open in the end zone, and Matt Ryan just needed to just toss it on, but yeah. he got, he got hit, hit right, right on time. That's mm-hmm. a touchdown. I think the D line stopping the run, um, holding them down. You know, we're just a tough team to run on. But if you can throw the ball, which I don't know why these coaches didn't make the decision to try to throw the ball more. I mean, in one play, I remember clearly it was Ambry Thomas matched up with um, their tight end, Kyle Pitts. Why didn't they throw it up to him? I forgot what play they ended up doing, but, he, you know, that should have been the matchup right there. And I know if we play these other teams like the Cowboys, they're going to tear us apart with the receivers for sure. They, they go after corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think definitely – uh, the corners is gonna be our Achilles heel in terms oh, yeah. of in terms yeah. of you know winning or losing games. But uh, it, it, let's talk about Shanahan now. So I mean, obviously, thirty-one points, great calls on offense. We got into a rhythm, good balance of passing and throwing. My only you know head scratcher here is why didn't Lance come in when the game was out of hand, and why did we continue to run Debo? <laughs> And risk injury when the game was out of hand. I don't. I you know, I, I I don't get it. I think I know why Shanahan did it, and I I don't agree with it, and it worries me a little bit. Well, why why do you think he did it? So he said that um, you know, kind of learning back from what happened. Um, I think back to the Lions game or even to the last time that we no, played the Falcons. No, miss me with that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it listen. Was... That's what he said. There was he like said, a, there was like a couple minutes left in the game. He said that he remembered being up by he being up by fourteen. Like, I think against the Falcons in 2019, and they just came back on us and we lost the game. No, or it sims, was way closer, I think. Or or similar with the Lions, where we you know we were where was it the Eagles? Or both both those first games were close. Where it was we were the Lions. Winning. The Lions, Lions we, game we, we were winning and they started coming back and injuries started to happen. But see, my concern is that I think there's a little bit of superstitious, you know, beliefs by Shanahan or he oh, kind of yeah. definitely looks back at, well, last time he, this happened, so I better not do that again. If you've noticed since we started winning, he, <clears throat> he wears the same the same hat and he, he, he kind of keeps it. But I mean, in that situation, I don't understand why Debo needs to run it up the middle. Debo, Kittle... Trent Williams, all, all of those. Yeah, they, they don't need to be in, man. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you have other players you can use. No, that, that's ludicrous. It's it's extremely disappointing from Shanahan. It's a three-possession game, and and it's two minutes left. You run it, run it up the middle with Hasty, with whoever you want at running back, not Debo. It's not worth him getting hurt yeah. there, and now you don't have him for the next three weeks. Right. Risk, yeah, makes, risk reward. It makes zero sense. Or... or you know, it's three again. It's three possessions. There's just I don't even know how many timeouts they had left, but they'd have to score onside kick, score onside kick. I mean, with our special teams, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I I think that happened with the Lions, but it's mm-hmm. still a, a very rare statistically. It's right. Just, to me, it's almost like a bigger chance that Debo gets hurt running up the middle than them coming back on us. So I think we're all on the same page. That that was really stupid. And as far as Lance goes. Maybe Shanahan didn't wouldn't mind if Jimmy G got a little hurt here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, same, I, same thing. Same thing. At but, this point, if you 
try to bring in Lance, they're just going to disrupt the offense now. We said we'd want no, to see but, him play three or four games. But but what I'm saying is at least get him some experience or something because, okay, as we're going into the Texans yeah, yeah. game, we're going into the Rams game, let's say we do get make it into the playoffs, whatever happened, you know, anything can happen, right? But Lance has pretty much minimal NFL experience aside from the preseason he uh, um and the what was it the Cardinals, Cardinals game, game which I wouldn't even count he was just running he, the he, ball. he doesn't have anything right so if Jimmy G does go down for whatever reason you're you know turning it over to a, a raw and green rookie but you know yeah at this no, point I agree. at this I point agree. it is what it is but he should have given him snaps where you can man just to get him some experience yeah yeah uh, was yeah yeah. But but I think that about does it for the 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 post game to the Falcons game. Um I think you know we we got to g- carry on the momentum onto the the Tennessee game. The only thing I can I can say is that we really need to clean it up on special teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen though. I'm I'm worried about that. I'm worried about that for sure. That's going to be our weakness, biggest weakness. Special teams on defense it's the corner, on offense it's Jimmy G. Yeah, my only final thought, kind of random, only because we 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 mentioned Patrick Willis. He deserves to go into the Hall of Fame. I don't care what anybody says. He he needs to go in there for sure. He's one of the best (laughs) linebackers of all time, man. I agree. All right, well let's uh, let's move on to the pregame against the Titans. It's a it's a short turnaround. It's Thursday night football, and we're traveling. We're traveling to Tennessee, so that means there's hardly any practice available for the for the 49ers here. Um, in terms of the playoff picture, before we get into the tail of the tape, the Niners are the sixth seed right now. Um, I'm, I'm going to go over the, the whole list because it's changed since the Cardinals are starting to shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> the Packers are, are number one with the bye right now. Cowgirls are number two uh, with a 10-4 and four record, along with the Bucks being three. The Cardinals fell to four now. Uh, the Rams are fifth at nine and four. And then the 49ers, of course, eight and six. And I think now the Vikings, now that they beat the Bears tonight, um, we're recording on Monday night here. They're now the seven seed at seven and seven. And then the Saints are on the bubble with the same record as the Vikings, seven and seven, followed by the Washington football team, six and seven. So again, like you said, Carlos, high percentage chance that we make the playoffs as long as uh, we take care of a few more games here, whether it be the sixth or the seventh seed. The, the Saints would be the only concern because we didn't play them. We don't have the Head-to-head tiebreaker. Let's see. I think it should be strength of schedule then at that point. It goes to the conference. It goes to the conference schedule. And I'm not sure. I don't have the information in front of me on what our conference record is compared to the Saints. But anyway, let's go on. Tail of the tape. The Titans are the third seed in the AFC. They're 9-5. and They're in first place in their division. In the AFC South, which includes the Colts, the Texans, and Jacksonville, of course, two of those teams are pretty terrible. They're probably at the bottom in terms of record mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL. I'm not sure how many wins they have, but we'll find out next week because we play the Texans. I think Texans have three and Jacksonville two. I'm surprised if Jacksonville has two, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they're really bad. So, And the Titans play them. Let's see. They've played them twice see. already. They've, they've, they played they've, them twice? they've played the Jaguars twice already. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at their schedule. So the first week they lost to Arizona. That's smacked. But then they beat Seattle in overtime, and then they beat the Colts. 
25-16. The Colts are, are a solid team. It is a division game as well. Those are always harder. Mm-hmm. Somehow they lost to the Jets. <laughs> and I think that was probably the Jets' first win. They lost to the Jets in overtime. They handled Jacksonville. Um, they beat Buffalo, which, you know, Buffalo's kind of up and down, but still you got to give them credit. And, and then the they, Chiefs. Then they smacked the Chiefs 27-3. A lot of credit goes there as well. Uh, they they beat the Colts for the second time in overtime. They beat the Rams 28-16, another legit team. They beat the Saints 23-21. And then the last four games, they lost to the Texans. <laughs> and then they lost to the Patriots. Was that that's snowy? Nice. Was that the snowy uh the game where it was I think so. No, I think no, it was. I and they couldn't so. throw. No, no, that wasn't. No, no that, that was, was the that was, that was yeah. both Patriots. Anyway, they lost to the Patriots 36-13 pretty handedly. They shut out Jacksonville 20-0. And then they just recently most recently lost to Pittsburgh 19-13. Yeah, and that was a that was a pretty close game. So I would say that the Titans, you know, nine and five. They did go on a, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six game winning streak. This is a legit team. I think they've had injuries, though. Obviously, they yeah. lost Derrick Henry. I'm not, I don't remember at what point in the season they lost him, but that's huge. He was their main, their main offense. Mm, let's see. He got, he got injured against the Colts on October 31st. Okay. So that was week eight. That was, yeah, week eight. So since then, they, they've, they've struggled a bit, right? Yeah. Since, since then, mean- they've been kind of up and down. Derrick Henry's he's was pretty much their offense. I mean, exactly. rushing, rushing leader like the past couple of seasons. So they've had to adjust a bit. So let's get into some numbers here. We'll, we'll get to injury report for the Niners more towards the end. Um, let's take a look at total offense. The 49ers are 11th in terms of yards per game and 13th in terms of points per game, while the Titans are 18th yards per game, 15th points per game. You'll see that they're kind of evenly matched according to the stats here. Uh, total defense, the 49ers are sixth overall in yards per game and 18th in points per game. And the Titans are 10th. Allowed, right? Yeah, yeah, points allowed per game, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Titans are 10th overall in yards per game allowed and 13th points allowed per game. Uh, turnover differential, the Niners are 21st with minus two, but I I think the last, what, four or five games, they've, they've been pretty good. I, we should probably start keeping track of their last, like, four or five games because that yeah. doesn't tell the whole story. They've definitely turned it around. Mm-hmm. And the Titans are 26th, uh, minus seven, so they've given the right. ball away 25 times. They have more takeaways than the 49ers. They have 18 takeaways. Uh, by one, yeah. By one, 49 or 17. But then, but then they have six more giveaways. Right, yeah. right. Yep. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what does that mean in terms of the game predictor metric, which is our what we do is we look at the statistics, and we got a bigger sample size of statistics now. Now, granted, you know, this is week 16. You know, 16 data points is still not a whole lot, but that's that's as much as you're going to get. Um, in the NFL. So we take the statistics and then we, our secret sauce is in how we weight, how, how much weight we give to each category. And what the GPM is showing is, I'll, I'll just say it up front, it's predicting an, a 49er win, but by two points. So that's not a whole lot there. Um, it is taking into account that we're playing at the Titans, though. 
it's giving so in terms of categories and we'll get into some discussions here and and why don't we just get get into the discussions as we walk through each one of these for the quarterback it's giving the edge to uh Tannehill over Jimmy G any disagreements there what do you no. guys think Tony no I I would agree with that I think Tannehill he he has that deep game that Jimmy G just doesn't have um and I think he's more mobile too. Right, exactly. You guys both touched on it. It's the arm strength and the out-of-pocket ability that gives him the edge over Jimmy G. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually um, deceivingly mobile. Right. He does, it doesn't seem like he can move that much, but he, he'll gain yards on you quickly. And actually, we didn't touch on it, but Matt Ryan was scrambling on us for first downs. Yeah. What the hell was that, man? He actually, I think he had the longest rushing attempt from the Falcons. It was like eight yards. I mean, yeah. I, I, Matt Ryan, I think he still has quite a bit left in the tank. I, I think the Falcons just are so bad. He, there's not much he can do, but, you know. Yeah, uh, agree. But but I think that's something, bringing it back mm-hmm. to the Titans, that the head coach is going to see. And I think he's going he's gonna to make use of Tannehill's legs in this game. So let's talk about the head coaches. The GPM's giving the advantage to Shanahan. Ooh. Carlos, do you agree with that? Bravo is on his fourth season, hasn't had a losing record. No, I mean, I think I, I get the losing record part. I just see what uh, what Shanahan and Lynch started off with in 2017. Um, so I do think that, um, and of course, I'm probably going to be a little bit biased. But... Oh, yeah, because the, <laughs> the Titans came out of nowhere, too. Yeah, I, I was, I was going to say, I don't think Rabel took, it's not like he took over like a, a crazy, crazy talented team. No, but I mean, I, like, I mean, when Shanahan came, when Sha- Shanahan inherited the 49ers, he had the the what was it the the third overall pick in in the draft because we were that bad, right? Um, I think um, Vrabel, he, he I mean Mariota. Given he's not there anymore, but I think Mariota Mariota was a much more talented quarterback than Hoyer. Um, but Shanahan picked Hoyer. Got to keep that in mind. Yep. You have to keep that in mind. That That's it's true. Not, it's not like he, he inherited Hoyer. That's Shanahan true, yeah. decided to go with Hoyer and, and not draft a quarterback. And Vrabel went with Tannehill in favor of Mariota. At some point, he, he made that move. Yes. I, I think I think in terms of the the scheming and coming up with the, the offensive, you know, play the impact the coach has on the direct game, uh, I think Shanahan has the edge. I think in terms of personnel decisions, though, um, like I, I'll be consistent there in saying that I think Shanahan, that's where he lacks being able to make the key decisions. And I do feel that a lot of the decisions that have happened on the 49ers uh, have been made for him in terms just through injury or, or, or whatever happens. But uh, what I also give Rabel credit for is he's 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 very cunning and tricky like Bilicek was where he, yeah. he'll use some of those playbook rules or he'll you know, be on the on the gray area in terms of what the role is, in terms of, you know, getting getting away with some stuff. Um, but I, I think it's a close one, but I still think, you know, of course, like I've seen more of Shanahan than Brable. I, I will say that uh, Shanahan is the better coach right now. I, I will say I think Shanahan's a better play caller, but I think Mike Rabel is a better head coach because – of the decisions that he's made. I, I think he did He did inherit a, a better team, you know, than Shanahan did. The 49ers were, were pretty terrible. So I, I was just looking at when, when Rabel took over, I think that season before the Titans had made the playoffs and won, 
but they they had parted ways with with their head coach. But you know, he he's had four winning seasons. He had one AFC championship appearance. I mean, the 49ers, we almost uh played them, in, you know, in the Super Bowl in 2019, which you know, I I I wish would have happened cuz I think, you know, we we would have won that game. But I I think Vrabel's decisions as a head coach and just kind of the culture he's built uh, makes him a better head coach. And and just in particularly the decision to bench Mariota for Tannehill, I mean, that was was pretty huge, right? I mean, Tannehill had a pretty weak outcoming with with the Miami Dolphins, and he he kind of put him in and it completely turned the team around. I think I'm I'm gonna agree with both of you in, in some respects here with Carlos definitely on Shanahan as a play caller, in-game adjustments, game planning, um, and even his game management. He's definitely stepped it up over the last what four or five games here. Um, he, he's definitely on a roll. I think with Brabel, for sure as a head coach and in some respects as well, especially with the quarterback decision. Um, that, that took some balls there. Now is Tannehill. Tannehill is also a quarterback that I, I would say he ranks definitely higher than Jimmy G, but not necessarily someone that's super exciting that you'd, you'd right. want to like say like, oh yeah, we're going to win Super Bowls because we got Tannehill. He's not, he's not the strength of the team. Henry, Derek Henry was the face of that mm-hmm. team. But there are some things with Vrabel that I don't like. I don't know. Again, Maybe being from California over here with the liberal side, with the way he treated, <laughs> didn't seem to to give uh, COVID the seriousness that it, that it should have, and it seems like sometimes he gets into it with players from the opposing team. And I, I think there's a maturity, uh, lack of maturity there from Bravo, maybe. But anyway, the GPM is definitely giving the edge to Shanahan. My thing is, what what I'm looking at is that I think Vrabel is a good enough head coach where he will expose um, mismatches uh, on, on our defense. Right. So even though Shanahan might be the better coach, the weakness that we have on defense, I think I'm worried about uh, Vrabel using the quarterback's legs and then throwing those deep throws against the corners. So he would be able to take advantage more than other coaches we've played recently. I think even defensively, because you know he he is a de- uh, defensive coach, right? I think he, he yeah. used to play play linebacker, and I think it'll be interesting to see what what he does against Jimmy G. That's you know? a great point. I, I I think that'll be the matchup. I'm very curious to see. He's gonna he's gonna give us look. He's the type of coach that he's gonna give you looks that you haven't seen all season. You know he might like load up the box like you've never seen before and then but maybe have the linebackers kind of drop off at the last minute trying to catch Jimmy G. Uh I think he, he'll definitely sell out to stop the run. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting chess match. It'll, it'll be a good chess match. So that'll be fun to watch. Okay, overall offense um you know GPM gives gives us the credit there. I don't think we needed to discuss there any disagreements otherwise no. Uh, we could go on to the next one. The defense, very, very slight edge to the Titans on defense. And that's because the Titans are one of the best teams at stopping the run. They're 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 better than us at uh takeaways. Now, again, this is for the entire season, right? It's not for more recently. What's the other area? Special special teams. 
<laughs> that's, oh, that's, an that's another category. <laughs> oh, I thought we were that, that yeah. is going to be an obvious one, though. <laughs> they're, um, they're better than us at uh, limiting scores, the uh, points scored against them, and they're pretty. They're decent at the red zone uh, at, at defense. But anyway, slight advantage to the Titans on defense. Uh, I will say just for the Titans, uh, I think it will be important to see who plays for them. I, I know Julio Jones. Yeah, he he hasn't been playing, I and think I he's he, out. He he didn't practice, but who's there? AJ Brown. I'm not sure if he's back. He was. I think he was on the COVID. He's been reactivated to open up the window. I don't know if it's COVID or something else uh, injury related. Uh, so I, but I think that will be a, a very big, yep, big thing, right? Julio yeah, and, and AJ yeah. Brown. It almost doesn't even matter as much as the Falcons yeah. had no one at receiver. It? Gage Jr. was freaking yeah, like losing yeah. Thomas. Like it was like a Ju- like Julio Jones was back on the Falcons. So special teams is even. Uh, the special teams on Titans actually suck as well. <laughs> they uh, can't really. <laughs> they so can't let me, let me tell you where. Let me. <laughs> so we both suck at returning kickoffs. Um, the 49ers have the better punter, and um, they have a better punt returner though. And they and our kickers both suck, <laughs> so it's really they're really good at returning punts, and we have a better punter, and it kind of just evens out with our weights and everything. It ends up being uh, even. I I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would probably I would, give would. it to the Titans just because we we've given up. A man, I mean, the Falcons almost scored this past week. We get we've given up a lot of points with, uh, with, on special with, teams with our with our kickoffs. It's almost like you have to hold your breath and you're on the edge of your seat because you almost feel like every time we kick off, they're going to take it to the house. Agreed. Yeah. At least, at least that's how I feel, making the, the, the saving tackle. Yeah. The, the touchdown yeah. saving tackle. Yeah. And I don't know what the weather is like right now in, in Tennessee, but I mean, there's kickoffs. He was here in, in Santa Clara. It's a little bit colder than usual, but I mean, there's like no wind, clear skies. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We got to take a look at who's kicking off. Which, if it's uh, Robbie Gold or Wisnowski, but anyway, so this this is the GPM is is calling it really close. It's a toss up, like we've said. If you take tolerances into account, change a few scores here and there, it could easily be the Titans winning. So it's going to be predicted to be a close game, and I think it really depends on which 49er team shows up. Which on the road we've been pretty good, but can we keep it up in a short week? with hardly any practice traveling to the East coast. We'll see. Vegas does have us favored three and a half. No surprise there. there there's some, there's some Niner fanboys <laughs> working for the Vegas odd, odds makers. Yep. So let's talk about the injuries before we get into the keys to victory and, and score prediction here. So Tony, you, do you want to cover this? Yes. Let me see. You're talking about the injury report, right? Yeah, who who practiced or didn't practice <clears throat> today on Monday? So Dre Greenlaw, Talanoa Hufanga, Maurice Hurst, Elijah Mitchell all did not practice. Greenlaw with a groin, Hufanga with the knee, Hurst with the calf, and uh, Mitchell also with the knee did not practice. Limited was Aziz Al Shire. Right? There you go. Yep. All right. Uh, was limited and hopefully he comes back because that would be that would be huge. Although I yeah. think was it who filled in for him? Marcel Harris. Um, he played pretty well, and, and I think it just goes to show how good our, our linebackers coaches. I think we have pretty good depth there. 
and then Chikwaski Tart with the with the ankle injury. Well, actually, we we didn't mention, but he also had a really good game. Yeah, he did. He had a he had a he had a good game. I still a lot of people are praising him big time. I feel like there was some plays that I didn't think he did so well in, but I can't think exactly of what they were. Uh, but he had the big play where he knocked Matt Ryan back when he was trying to run it in. That was an awesome play. And I think there was another one where he was he was covering um, he was covering yeah. in in the goal line stand. He he yeah. I it was Pitts or who, but right he, he was there. Yeah, it was supposed to be one of those plays where, um, what is it called? The, the, the player tries to interfere with a defender okay. without pick making it look, a pick play. There you go. He, he was kind of picked a bit, but he was able to recover and and make a play on the ball. So that was that was awesome. All right. So yeah, it's, it sounds like Alshire has a chance, and Tart. We need him to play if Hufanga's hurt. I'm not even sure who the next safety is. If is, I think it's actually it's Wilson. Wilson I thought we, is a safety. I thought we had released him. I saw him playing in the game against oh, the Falcons at okay. some point. I don't know. All right, let's get into some keys to victory. Uh, we'll start with Carlos. Keys to victory. Do you want to go with Niners only or Titans or what? Mix it up, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say, Carlos. Um, I'll, I'll keep it short for the Titans. Key to victory. I think for them, it's gonna be you know sell out to stop the run, and um, if you win the coin toss, receive and try to get the lead early on. Because I think that, uh, in my opinion. Uh, we're not a the 49ers are not built to play from behind. So if you can get a lead, an early lead on us, you know it'll be easier to you know discourage us from running, and we're we're gonna have to rely on Jimmy G. Um, for the 49ers, key to victory, it's gonna be what we've been doing these past few weeks, which is what uh, Shanahan's been dialing it up, and that is establish the run, whether it be with with uh, Wilson Jr., Mitchell, or Debo. And, you know, from there, roll out the play action and give Jimmy G those simple, quick release throws to get him in a groove. Um, and really, that that's what you got to do. Um, and I think special teams is going to play a big role. It's in, I think this is going to come down to either the, the final possession or, you know, the last two uh, possessions will matter the most. Uh, so we need to really limit the mistakes and errors on special teams. Uh, so, but I think if we can play clean, win the turnover battle, establish the run, play action, I think the 49ers will win 27 to 23. Tony. Hmm. Let's see. I guess for, for the Titans, I, I mean, I think they're for them, he's a victory. Just target Ambry Thomas and Josh Norman. I mean, just, just take deep shots. Um, which, which for some reason teams haven't been doing, and it's kind of odd, you know. Like we mentioned, the Bengals didn't really do it till till the end of the game. The Falcons, when they would take deep shots, it worked, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think Vrabel will be smart enough to to do that for the 49ers. I think same thing we've been doing the last couple of weeks. It, it, it's going to be on the playmakers. It's going to be on Debo. It's going to be on Kittle to, you know, the, the, their design plays that we have to take advantage and they have to go for positive yards or, or kind of, you know, go, go for the touchdown. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the 49ers will squeak by 20 to 17. Um, but I think it's going to be a very defensive game. 
Okay. I'll say, let's see, what do I want to add to what you guys already said? I, I agree with what you guys said already. It's the same copy and paste in terms of um, the Titans attacking our defense. Uh, in terms of them attacking our offense, I think your best chance is to blitz. Um, I heard Steve Young on the radio saying that he was having a conversation with Shanahan at some point. I don't remember exactly when during the offseason. Mm, and, and that Shanahan said that um, they don't have like hot routes or, or adjustments for a blitz, that every play takes into account a blitz. And that's hard for me to believe. How do you know where it's coming from and, and who it's coming from? Uh, is it a corner? Is it a linebacker? And if you don't have adjustments and, and the play is supposed to just pick it up, I feel like that's leaving it up too much to chance there. Right. So I, I think maybe that maybe falls more on the, on the line and and maybe on Alex Mack calling the protection, it, it, calling protections. Yeah. Maybe what Shanahan was saying is that for Jimmy, since he he can't do everything anything right, keep like it he simple. Made, he right. He made it so simple to where right. just snap the ball. These are the routes. <laughs> So I so then hearing that, I, I would I would have some blitz packages for Jimmy to get him to make mistakes, uh, because yeah you do have to worry about our offense. Our offense has been on point uh, for the last few games, and and Jimmy G again, the thing with him is as long as he doesn't make mistakes. So if you can make him make some mistakes, then yep. then now you're talking. Take away the middle. Um, for us on defense, Bose is going to be big. They're not really good at protecting their their quarterback. So that's where I think Vrabel, like I mentioned earlier, he's going to try to move him around in the pocket and things of that nature. So I think Vrabel takes advantage of our weaknesses on defense. He gets creative with his quarterback moving the pocket around. It's a short turnaround. It's a short week. It's a team that's not in our conference. And the Texans are coming up after this at home, which is an easier easier game. I think uh, we lose this one 31-28. Uh, <laughs> so I'm the only, I'm the only one predicting a oh, loss here. Everyone else is predicting. Surprise! And, <laughs> and I will say maybe it, this might be would maybe be the 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 maybe the most impressive win if they could they, you know short week against a good a good team, good head coach. Uh, I would say above average quarterback. It would be maybe the most impressive win besides besides the Rams game. And the Vikings, the Vikings game was also. No, but the, the Vikings. Oh, the Vikings are boy. <laughs> what do you mean? The, the Vikings no, are in the no, they're no. in the playoffs right now. Now Kirk Cousins yeah. is terrible, man. I just I was watching some of the Bears footage. He, I don't know what the heck he was doing. He just threw it deep, and I, in that oh, game, that, in that that game, was holding on that play. That, that's why. I I think Tanner was a better quarterback than than Cousins, and I, I think you, the the Vikings could have easily won that game, but Kirk Cousins kind of choked it away. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, that's the thing with our schedule. There's not too many teams we could say that are legit that we've played, right? And mm -hmm. we lost to the Cardinals twice, and even their B team, the Cardinals are choking now. But, you know, I would say the, the Rams and the Vikings are the most legit. Bengals and the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals. Right. I don't know. I, I, I didn't like what I saw from the Bengals when we played them. They, they right. They could be better. I, I think either we caught them at a bad time or they're just – They've gotten more fortunate with their with the with their schedule. I don't know. Yeah, and of course I, the Falcons were bad. I would say this would be for me maybe the most most impressive one. Yeah, I think in terms of like you said, it being such a short turnaround, we're flying uh, across the country. That takes up a whole day there, going from from west to east. So, 
so yeah, it'll it could be up there. It depends how the game unfolds, of course. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any games around the NFL you guys are interested in? Well, you, you did just mention the Cardinals, and we have to mention it because even their their own Twitter, their media was too ashamed to, to tweet it, the final <laughs> score. And, uh, the Cardinals lost to the Lions. Beautiful. Jared, Jared Goff had a huge game, and uh, I don't know how the heck that happened. The you know? It happened because the Lions bit their kneecaps off. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Cardinals are collapsing. I don't know. I mean, they'll make the playoffs for sure, right? I, I yeah. I think it would be playoffs. it would be very hard for them to to miss it. I think that without if they would have beat the Lions, they would have clinched it. So, you know, I don't I don't know what what they it was a trap game, whatever you want to call it. But keep an eye on the Cardinals. Yeah, well, the, the division's still up for grabs now because they lost. Yeah, I mean the 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 Rams and the Cardinals are nine and four. I mean, oh nine and four, ten and four. Yeah, uh, but there's three games left. So right. Anything can happen. Anything <laughs> can happen. <laughs> any other any other games? Obviously, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the Rams. They're playing the Vikings. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think both Patriots uh, a rematch. Yeah. Uh, they played not too long ago. Patriots just coming off a pretty bad loss to the Colts, twenty-seven to seventeen. What happened to your boy Mac Jones? La Machina. He had a. I think he had a pretty. He. I think he did have two picks, but. He also had <laughs> no, that's bad. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I yeah. didn't watch the game. I didn't watch yeah, it. So. I, I haven't. I didn't see it either. Yeah. Besides that, I mean, the Buccaneers uh, lost to the Saints. Nine. They to lost zero. a lot of players too. They lost uh, players. Yeah. The, their whole. I think was it because of COVID or because of injury? Oh, actually, no, Godwin's Godwin, out. Godwin tore his ACL. I, I think uh, what happened to their uh, running back um, Fournette? Fournette. What happened to him? Isn't he also hurt? I, th I, thought, I thought he played during the game. I didn't watch the whole game. I was just kind of yeah. trying to keep up with the... They got shut out by the Saints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Carlos, you got lucky you didn't play in the playoffs I know, this week. man. You have Brady. I know. I had Brady, Evans, and Fortnite. Jesus. I think I think it's just a, a Saints thing. I feel like they, t they tend to... I don't know why Sean Payton, I think, tends to do pretty well against Brady. I don't What's know what the it thing is. the defensive coordinator that shuts out Brady? <laughs> no, but I, I think even when he was with the Patriots, Sean Payton would would play him pretty well. Yeah, I don't know. He just he kind of has his number. Yeah, I'm seeing that but, the Buccaneers lost Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette to injuries. Oh, jeez. Then so, but the Saints will be a team to keep an eye on, right? They play the Dolphins yeah. this week. They should win. Um, they are making a push. I don't think they're a very good team. I think the 49ers are a better team, just because the Saints. Who's, who's their quarterback? Taysom Hill. Yeah, I mean they 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 don't really, but, but they got a good head of coach. They you know, do. They'll come up with a good game plan. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. Any final thoughts or any other games? No. The, so. the the important one, the one that matters, is on Thursday. That's right. Yep. Actually. Our 49ers legend today, unfortunately, they lost. But Nick Mullins almost oh, was, almost boy. was a hero. He had a pretty crazy. My it was boy. Like four, it was like fourth and two in the in the red zone. He like scrambled and found the open receiver to give him the lead. But I think BDN. the Brown, the Browns defense just they couldn't hold, and the Raiders ended up winning. Mullins showing more mobility than Jimmy G. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> oh. All right. Well.
Thursday night game. It's it's nice. It's right before Christmas. We don't have to worry about that's terrible on the, on the weekend. <laughs> it's good for the players. It's good yeah. for the players, but terrible for us if the because it, it's gonna make or break the Christmas, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. We'll see if uh, Santa gives you a gift this time, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's it for Tramvirate Podcast. Talk to you again soon. Peace. Peace. Peace.